I, I know baseball's on and everything, but you know me. I, I like to watch yeah, I know players. You, you don't like yeah. baseball. Yeah, we know it. We know it. No, yeah. that's not true. I like players. I'm a players guy, not so much a team guy. Tonight, beginning in Washington, D.C., it is the Yankees matched up against the Washington Nationals. So you get Bryce Harper and their lumber guys coming to the plate. And the Yankees with Aaron Judge and Stanton and Sanchez and their lumber guys coming to the plate. That's pretty good. That's that's pretty good baseball game tonight. Well, more importantly for me, two teams that are playing good baseball. And and yes. I, I don't get all caught up in Aaron Judge and those kind of things. I, I like to watch good baseball teams. And after the Nationals got off to that terrible start, they've certainly rounded into form. The Yankees played as well as anybody. I think I heard today. They've won 19 of their last 22. Does that sound right? 19 and 3 yes. run over their last yes. 22. Uh, I saw it firsthand when uh, my twins were taking them on, and, and that was an ugly series. But yeah, two teams play good baseball. A World Series preview, perhaps? Do, did Maybe. the Nationals finally uh, figure out how to win a playoff series, actually? Uh, I, you know, I think it would be fun if they're in that conversation. Uh, I mean, I have the Nationals. Uh, in the World Series, so when we did our picks at, at the beginning, so I, I I have to still ride with that, and I just think that that would be fun. I really do. I think people then would really get a taste of what Bryce Harper is all about, and to be honest with you, I hope that the L.A. Angels are in the playoffs so that people can get a chance to see Mike Trout who still probably is the best player in all of baseball, and nobody really gets a chance to see him across the country because he plays on the West Coast. So uh, you, you said you picked the Nationals, right, to, to make the World Series? I thought year. I did. I uh, thought I did. That, that was a blatant lie, Jimmy B. You're lying to the people already. I'm looking oh at the... Oh, my God. I sound, I sound like our president. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. All right. Leave the politics out of it. They can go down the <laughs> dial for that garbage. Um, no, Jimmy B. You picked the Los Angeles Dodgers to make oh, the World okay. Series. How, how's do that? I have the do, do I have the Yankees as the American League team? You do. You had Yankees-Dodgers okay. before the season began. So feel good about the all Yankees. Right. Not yep. so much about uh, probably the Dodgers at this point in time. I had Clubs Indians a rematch of two years ago. I went down that okay. road. Uh, well, both teams are are in fine shape at this point in time, but neither the Indians or Cubs are, are playing their best baseball. No, I agree with you 100%. Look, Cleveland is at 500 in just a god-awful American League Central right now. They're the only team that is even at 500. There is a no team in the Central has a winning record. None. Uh, so for your Twins, they're only a game and a half out, despite yeah, being uh, several games under 500. Look, I... I, I look at around Major League Baseball, the Diamondbacks are still in front in the uh, NL West, and the Dodgers are seven and a half out, Trent. And I know it's just mid-May, and you shouldn't get excited and all of that stuff, but I still haven't seen anything out of Los Angeles that tells me, okay, this team is going to make a run. Remember like what they did last year in the second half? They went like 40-6, and six, mm -hmm. uh, over 46 games. I mean, it was an unbelievable run that they had and then ran away and hid from everybody. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, look, it's baseball, and I know fans freak out when their team isn't in it in May. I'm not going to worry about it until about 
I guess, late July, August, and then I'll start to dial in. So what do you plan on talking about for the next three months? Well, I'll talk a little Major League Baseball. You know I follow it. You know I do. It's just one of those things where I can't I can't watch every game that's on every night. It's it's not like it doesn't move fast enough for me. I will watch players. I told you, look at I'm I'm gonna watch tonight, even though the NHL playoffs are on and the NBA is on, I'll still have a monitor watching Yankees and Washington Nationals just because of the big name players that are involved in that series. That's probably what I'm gonna watch. Well, and Justin Turner back to those Dodgers for a moment. He'll be back in the yeah. lineup, so he hasn't been working That'll with help. the team through the first quarter of the season. He'll be back out there. We'll see about Kershaw and, and how that's going to play out. Logan Forsythe also back. So you know, they're getting some pieces there. The Dodgers, I don't know if i go as far as picking them to come back and, and win that, but I, I think they're going to be in, in pretty good shape going forward. And they're certainly not going to be a team playing whatever it is, you know, 380 baseball right, you know, right now. Yeah. I don't see that being the case for them. And, in fact, we got a Dodgers fan coming up on the other side, our, our buddy John Bonacamp, a big Dodger fan. He is. Uh, I follow John on Twitter, and he always types in gritty. That's his uh, That's his big term for the L.A. Dodgers, especially for Chase Utley, who's like, what, 140 years old now, and every time he gets a hit, Bonenkamp always tweets, gritty. I can't wait. This gritty. is going to be fun talking to John. Gritty. gritty. Yeah. We got a yeah. couple calls on the line. Let's get to Bill real quick. Bill, you're on Jimmy B and TC. What's happening? Yeah, tell that idiot Jimmy B that President Trump's done more for our country in less than two years than Obama did in eight years. Oh, please. Just go away. Uh, just stop it. See this? Oh, my God. Is that what I'm just a comment because the guy lies all the time. So I figured, okay, I was lying. So, oh my God. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Trent. Why I didn't mean to open up. That can uh, right there. I am not oh, here man. to talk politics. No. Brinson Me opens either. his big mouth. <laughs> oh, man. We got to take a break. You oh, fired please. up the people. The phone lines are lighting up. I'm not talking politics. I'm not. I'm talking no, to John Bonacamp. I'm not either. I'm, I'm yeah, we are. John Bonacamp coming up next here <laughs> is Jimmy B at TC. Nice to be talking to the home crowd again in central Iowa, where I was raised, where I got married. The show is right than you, 5 to 9 p.m. weekdays on Des Moines Big Talker 1700 KBGG. And welcome back, everybody. We continue right here on the Big Talker 1700. John Bonacamp joining us right now. We'll do some Hawkeye conversation with John. Hey, John, welcome. And I'd like to start, if you don't mind with the Hawkeye baseball team uh, mm -hmm. just because yeah just because of a couple weeks ago awful lot of chatter that team was in position to get an art uh, at large bid and then they go to Northwestern and lose games there and their RPI now in the 60s what do they still have a shot to get in John what's your what's your take on all of that I think they have to. I think they have to win the Big Ten tournament because I don't. They're not going to pick up really anything RPI related. I know they're playing at Western Illinois today, which if they get a road win, what's a road win? Um, but I don't know how much they'll gain there, and I don't know how much they'll gain this weekend against Penn State. So I think they're going to have to go to the Big Ten tournament and win it. I mean, I think that's that's the only way you secure to you know to be absolutely safe. Otherwise, you know, your fate's to everybody else. 
the the Big Ten has made improvements in baseball and that Big Ten network and and all the television deals have kind of trickled its way down. Facilities have come a long way. Still, with, with the north-south divide, John, and we see it each and every year, and, and look at a, any NCAA baseball bracketology out there, it's dominated by the ACC, by the SEC, as you'd anticipate. But, but because of that, there's been continued talk about moving the season back this spring. It became another hot topic. Do you see that ever happening? Do you, do you ever see the season being moved back and, and making it more equitable for the northern schools? I think it. I think you run into a situation where I mean you're talking about it now. You're going to conflict with the with the draft mm. in June with the Major League Baseball draft. So it's like if if you would go to like and like say right now what is it goes it's a February through basically the end of June schedule. If you went a little bit later than that, now you're running up against the draft and 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 it might hurt the stock of some of these college guys that. You know, if they get drafted, okay, are they going to have to make a decision before before the you know before the NCAA tournament would even start? You know, on whether to leave or to, or to stay. And so I, I just think that's kind of the roadblock is the draft in June. And you know, Major League Baseball is not going to move that because a lot of those guys that get drafted go directly to their summer. You know, their their short season Class A leagues. And and I I just, I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it moving. It. You know, now, now, if the northern schools would decide to, you know, say, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna do this differently, you know, and and kind of really kind of uproot the college baseball system, well, then you've got a lot of chaos on your hands. So I, I think it's just gonna stay the way it is, and it and it does put the northern schools at a disadvantage. But you know, it it, it it's you know it's been this way for years, and it, and it's just something that's really hard for them to overcome. John, for this Iowa team, after last year and the excitement that that team generated, was this year, in your estimation, a year where they might take a step back, or was it a year where you thought that they would be better? Where were you on that? I thought they would probably be about the same. I mean, you, know, you lose Jake Adams, who's you know, playing now, you know, minor league baseball, playing in the Quad Cities now. And, you know, and, and you lost some other guys off that team. And, and, I mean, when you looked at the roster at the beginning of the year, you thought this would be pretty good. They've had some injuries. They've, they've, they've lost some pitchers, you know, to, to some various things. And, and I think that's hurt them a little bit. So, I mean, I thought they would be kind of what they were last year. I didn't think they would be that much better or that much worse. I thought it would be kind of basically the same. And, you know, when you look at it, basically right now, that, that's the way they're going to be going into the Big Ten tournament, you know, much like they did last year. John Bonacamp joining us here, talking some Hawkeyes with him. John, let's jump from baseball over to, uh, let's start with a little bit of uh, basketball with you first. As, mm-hmm. as Tyler Cook, we await his decision. It, it seems like it, certainly the possibility of him coming back appears much greater than it was just a few weeks ago. What's the latest that, that you're hearing, and, and have you shifted where you expect him to be in 2019, 2018, 2019? You know, I, honestly, you know, I haven't really heard anything new, and I, I think, you know, if he makes a decision, I think it's going to, you know, I mean, obviously it has to come here in the next couple of weeks, but I think it, it's coming soon one way or the other. And, I mean, you know, there is always that chance that he might say, you know what, I'm just going to roll the dice and go sign with an agent you know, and, and play overseas or, or play in the G League or whatever. and just I mean, that, 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 that chance is always there, and it's always been there. Um, you know, and like I said, right now, you know, everything's kind of really on hold, you know, to see what he's going to do. I don't think they're going to fill the scholarship if, if he does leave. 
I don't think, you know, they're going to go out and scramble to find somebody. So, I mean, basically the roster you see right now is the roster they're going to have next year with or without him. So, you know, right now I just think it's everybody's just kind of in a wait-and-see move. But, I mean, time is running out. I mean, he's got to make a decision here pretty soon. Uh, John Bonenkamp is our guest. We're talking Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, just one more question on, on Tyler Cook, John. I know he's had a couple of workouts. Have you heard any feedback on how those workouts have gone? No, I haven't heard anything. And, and you know, to be honest, I think it's a good thing. The, the more workouts you get, it, 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 I think, is a good thing. Because, you know, I just think that, that as a basketball player, as talented as he is, and, you know, if you get some feedback from some people that, that are seeing you for the first time, that, that know NBA players, that know what it takes, and for them to give him that kind of information, the more feedback he can get, the better off he's going to be in the long run in, term, in terms of finding, you know, getting better as a player. And, I mean, there is some room for improvement there. I mean, he's, he's had a great first two years, but, I mean, he could be, you can just see that there's a pretty high ceiling with his talent. And so for as many voices as he can get that can tell him things, I think in the long run that's going to make him a better player if he comes back. So uh, Fray McCaffrey was over uh, talking, I believe, in the Quad Cities at an iClub uh, outing there, talking a little mm-hmm. bit about some of the changes of this offseason and talking about retooling the body, those types of things. John, you know, when you, when you look at this squad, you watch a ton of basketball, and you know sure. what it takes to, to win at this level. you got to play a little bit of defense. They didn't mm-hmm. they you can make, play a lot of defense. A lot of defense, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we're not seeing a roster overhaul here. It's going to be, as a whole, a collection of the same guys outside of Wieskamp you know, coming in next season. What what will change? What can change from one season to the next in your mind? There's two things about One is they, they do have to get stronger, I think. You know, I mean, to me, defense is a lot about strength. and It's a lot about physicality and, and imposing your will on somebody else. So, I mean, I do think they have to get stronger, but there also has to be a mindset there, too. There also has to be a mindset that every night they're going to lock people down, and, and, and the really good teams I've seen over the years that are, that are, that are defensive, you know, to have that defensive mindset, that it's like, you know, we're going to shut you out. We're going to, you know, we're going to do the things that, that we need to do to stop you. And so, to me, it's like, yeah, it's, it's really good that they are getting stronger, because I think that is something they needed. And, and I do think the physical attributes are there. I mean, I think this is a, this is a long team. This is, you know, I mean, this is this is a team that that, that and, and 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 has a lot of depth. So you can do a lot of things defensively. But I think it's got to be a mindset too that that I and I think that's got to change this year. That this team has to have that defensive mindset. Otherwise, you're going to run through the same things like you you run through really the last two years. John, just to uh, follow up again on that, mm-hmm. when you sit back and you see no coaching changes, is there going to be a coach that's designated to craft a defense that will work for this team or two or three defensive postures that they could use that they believe might be successful? I'm, I'm just asking that question. I don't see. I don't. You know. I don't know if there's going to be anybody on staff that becomes like that. You know, defensive coordinator. I guess the best way. But right. But I do think this this team does need an identity. Whether it's it, it is it's going to be a man team. Whether it's going to be a zone team. Whether it's going to be a pressure defense team. It's going to have to be one of those three things. And so I, I do think that again that that's something that I think comes from from above. That comes from the head coach. Is I think he has to. 
I think he has to instill that in that this, this is going to be the kind of defense they're going to be, and and this is going to be the kind of mindset they're going to have to have. So again, you know, it, it, it comes down to the players, but it also comes down to the coach. Too. I know uh, you made a comment that you want to be uh, known as the gambling force. So after yeah. <laughs> after yesterday, it was announced that uh, the Supreme Court ruling that uh, the proposition against betting state to state is unconstitutional. We will have gambling in our fine state at some point, hopefully very, very soon. Gary Barta has talked a little bit about this as well. Where do you sit as it pertains to college athletics? I... You know, you know it's coming, and, and, and let's be honest, it's happening right now in the state. It's not happening legally is basically what it comes down to. So, I mean, basically all it is is you just open it up now where everybody can, can do it. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think that it is something that, that, that the colleges are going to have to deal with. And, you know, I mean, it was, it was Randy Peterson wrote about this, you know, after the, the decision that, you know, this may push where they start, you know, compensating players because if you don't, some of these guys may get in with the wrong crowd, the gambling forces, as Gary Barta called it yesterday. So, I mean, I, I do think it's going to, it may change the face of the game a little bit and, and how, you know, and, and what goes on. And I, I mean, I don't think we know yet where it's going to go, but you're going to see a lot of states, you know, approve this once, you know, here in the next few years, and so I just don't see any way that Iowa does at this point. Because, I mean, you already, John, have, you name, already have lottery, you know, and all yeah, the other John stuff. The, so, I mean, it's coming, right. you know, so yeah. they're going to have to deal with it. So. John, the name that comes to my mind right away when we get into gambling is John Hot Rod Williams, uh, who played at Tulane, and shave points in the games, uh, was Tulane then. They did not give him the death penalty, but it was close. Uh, and then Hot Rod Williams later on hooked up and played about 10 years in the NBA. Uh, I'm just curious, are they deathly afraid then with what you were just talking about that guys, young kids, could get these uh, money shoved in their pockets to shave points again? I, I mean, I could... I, I, I just think that maybe that... I mean, I know that's really pushing the envelope, but is that still what they're afraid of? Oh, sure it is. And and I mean, I mean, let's let's look at let's. I mean, let's be honest. When you look at at where the four state universities are, or the four Division One schools are in the state, and look at the proximity of casinos, and so most of them are probably going to be getting sports books. So now you have to worry about you have to worry about not only guys falling in with. with with the different element, but you also have to worry about them actually going down there or sending somebody to these places to, to place wagers, and then what do you do? You know, so, I mean, it, it is going to be a concern, and I think it's going to be something that's really going to lean in, you know, that's really going to affect these college athletic departments, that they're going to have to have some people that really keep an eye on, 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 on these players, on these student-athletes, to make sure this doesn't become a problem if you're not going to pay them. You know, if you're not going to give them money, they're going to find money from somebody else, and then and this will make it very easily for some, very easy for something to happen. So, I mean, I do think in this state, I think it's going to be a major concern for our four Division One university. Yeah, and I agree that the concern is guys going off and making wagers, have a buddy go make a bet for them, those kind of things. But as it pertains to the big picture stuff, 
look, it's not like gambling is just now, since it's legal, oh, yeah. it's going to be happening. Right. Yeah. Th- this is going to be highly regulated. And if there suddenly is a $500,000 bet coming in on Iowa State or coming in on you and I, I mean, the red flags are going to go up right away. So this oh, yeah. regulation, I, I think, is going to help as it pertains to those deep, deep CD corners you know, of, the, of the gambling world. Oh, I do. I do, too. I mean, I do think I do think that there will be more diligence in this, because like I said, yeah, there's betting in the state right now. You know, I mean, it's, it's it, you know, I know people who do it. I know. Right you here. Know, I guilty. Know that they guilty. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You're talking. To I one. wasn't going to say anything, <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, we all know we all know people who do it. And so, I mean, it's very easy that, that, that you know, like I said, now at least. Maybe if, if it is on the state level and, and, you know, and you have the casinos there that can kind of, I don't want to say keep an eye on things, but there's a, there's a better way to track them, I think. So from that aspect, maybe there won't be a problem. But like I said, it's going to really put a lot of pressure on the athletic department to, to make sure that there isn't something, you know, going wrong. Because if there is something going wrong, it can be a really big deal for an athletic department. And we've seen it happen so many times before. John, Any idea oh, how? Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to follow up. Any idea how you think athletic departments and schools might try to handle this? Well, you may see, you may actually see them add positions where, in their compliance department, would they have people that just deal with this sort of thing? And you know, and and I mean, and and just you know, whether it's you know, whether it's a uh, you know, a detective, whether it's you know, somebody with some sort of knowledge. I mean, you know, like I said, there's, I think you're going to see. You're going to see some increases in the compliance department of a lot of schools just to make sure that there isn't an issue with gambling right now once once it gets approved in the state. Last thing, John, for you, uh, basketball-wise, back to that for a moment. The Big mm-hmm. Ten uh, will be moving to 20 conference games this year. Still don't know what that schedule exactly is going to look like. Uh, you got to figure at least a few games are going to be played in December. But uh, with that, the... Iowa-Nebraska rivalry. Uh, that is the protected rival now for Iowa. I guess better than the old football one with the hated rival Purdue, right? Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, I would rather see them do it where Iowa and Illinois play twice every mm-hmm. year, and you guarantee that. But, you know, it is what it is. And so, you know, I think it's one of those things where they kind of want to keep it. That was, Like I said, that was an odd one because it really isn't a heated rivalry. I mean, it's, you know, it is what like I said. It is what it is. I would rather see them make sure that Iowa plays Illinois twice a year because I think that rivalry has really kind of lost something over the last few years when these teams have only played each other once. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, if, if we really want, if we're really interested in this league about rivalries, to me, that's the one I would rather see them protect. Uh, quickly, John, take me to football a little bit. And uh, now we know that uh, Iowa and Nebraska will again play on Black Friday. You good with that? Do you think that's the way it should end? Yeah, I mean, I think I think if you're if if again when you talk about rivalries and all that, you know, if, would you be better off playing Wisconsin every year on Black Friday? Yeah, probably. But to me, it's kind of it's kind of become now. You know, it's kind of established itself now, so I think maybe they need to keep it going, and and so it's a good thing. I think you know it's become an interesting little football you know battle between two fan bases. So you know from that aspect, I, I don't see a problem with it, and and I I'm glad that it's going to kind of get back and maybe kind of see where it can kind of build from here. 
All right, John, uh, you are a big baseball guy. You were a Dodgers fan for some godforsaken reason. So uh, how, cons- how concerned are you with your Dodgers? No, they'll be fine. It's May. You know, <laughs> Justin Turner's back tonight. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, you know I, that, that to me is, okay, get him back. And then that allows you to kind of evaluate where you are in the team. I mean, because, you know, you haven't had that. Let's face it, he's been their best hitter, most reliable hitter over the last couple of years, and you haven't had him. So let's see where they're at at the end of the month and, 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 and really even in the mid-June. And by then you'll kind of see where they're going. But, but they'll be fine. You knew I was going to say that. They'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> the yeah. famous <laughs> last words of John Bonacamp with his Dodgers. Yeah. Well, enjoy yeah, the baseball was- season, John. We'll be talking soon. Thank you so much for your time today. All right. Have a good one. See you John, later. John Bonacamp with the Burlington Hawkeye. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite guys. The wise owl. Oh, I know. As he is. Yes. The, the self-proclaimed wise owl, which I like even more. Joining us. I know. I was going to yell at him. John, they're seven and a half games out right now. Trailing the Arizona Diamond. I know, I know, Trent. We're just mid-May. I, I know. I'm, I'm not worried about it at all. Hey, it's not like they're the Baltimore Orioles 15 and a half games out of first place. Yes, yeah, that, that's a little bit different. There is no yeah. hope for a team like that. It's the Dodgers. they got a lot of talent. Kershaw comes back. They'll be all right. They'll, they'll be okay. And those Diamondbacks have uh, struggled a little bit after they got out to the big lead. Well, not only that, they just lost Pollock. He got hurt last night uh, trying to lay out for a yeah yeah yeah, yeah lay it out for a uh, line drive that ended up being an inside the park home run. But uh, you're right, and we talked about Goldschmidt. He's not hitting the ball at all, and uh, so now uh, now you got Colorado in that division, one and a half out. The Giants are making a little bit of a push right now. They've won a couple in a row. They're three and a half, and then the Dodgers. So, you know, in the, in the West, it's still wide open, but you and I still like Los Angeles to win that, right? Yeah, yeah, but no, no, no. I If I made a bet right now, I would not be betting the Dodgers with even odds across the board. No, I... I wow. Too many injuries. Uh, I just... Maybe a hangover from last year. I'm not sure. I I do like that Diamondback squad. We'll see on that. Though, uh, Jimmy B, so coming up on the other side, earlier today, Ken and myself had an opportunity to talk with Brian Arilko with the Iowa Gaming and uh, Sports Commission, who is going to be a big part of, obviously, what we have with sports wagering, something we just talked about, John, with. So want to play that interview. I think a lot of interesting pieces here, and then we'll come back and uh, put a cap on things to finish things up. But Brian Arilko from earlier today, he'll be joining us as we take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. Jimmy B and TC. All right, welcome back. Uh, thanks to Brian Arilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. As promised, let's get to Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune. He was on the Cyclone Tailgate Tour yesterday uh, in Ottumwa. Um, it seems like there's one of these um, one of these stops <laughs> seemingly every spring that uh, is very newsworthy. Uh, yesterday, no different, Dylan. Um, boy, what a day, right? The, the sports gambling thing falls into your lap, and maybe some of the questions that you drove over to Ottumwa thinking that you would get answered – perhaps became secondary. What a day. Yeah, it really was. One year with Bert Weibert, Willie or Warney comes to the NBA. One year was was basketball transfer, it seems like, and then this year was sports gambling. So, yeah, we talked to Jerry Pollard, Matt Campbell, and uh, Steve Prohm all about this. And, um, you know, the Pollard had the most to say, certainly, but really interesting stuff from those guys. It's, uh, well, everybody has their hand out right now after yesterday. 
sports leagues, the NCAA. And, and Jamie Pollard talked a little bit about that, about an integrity fee for the continued policing that they're going to have to do, the administrative side of things. Is that lip service, or is, is this something that you could see Jamie Pollard maybe digging his heels in? Yeah, I think uh, he's, he's for it or for the discussion of it, and that's what he talked about uh, yesterday with uh, the state legislature when it reconvened, having to talk about this uh, you know, pretty extensively and um, what kind of education or policing or integrity fee will there be. And um, you know, a lot of times when you talk about integrity fees, it's all, it's all well and good, but that ends up being uh, you know, a lot of money to from the state to the different leagues the NFL, NBA, and so forth, to, uh, to, to get that kind of education or to have a compliance staff or within um, the athletic departments of state institutions. So there's a lot of discussion that has to go into it, but uh, he, he didn't say whether he was for or against the sports gambling. He just said um, there's something that uh, is there to be discussed against that makes sense for the state of Iowa and for the state institutions. If, if there can be something to be gained or benefited from, um, those discussions have to be had. So it'll be interesting to see, um, A, when those discussions happen, if it's right away when the state legislature comes back, or, and B, uh, how, how quickly that goes down to all these different institutions. And part of that integrity, and I'd be curious to know if, uh, what, how Matt Campbell would feel to this portion of the integrity, would be to do what the NFL does, and that's to you know keep everything uh, as transparent as possible, which means uh, releasing an injury report the week of a game. I'm not so sure he wants to, you know, to Bill Snyder to know that David Montgomery's hurt and is not going to play until they take the field on Saturday for warm-ups. So then and only then would he see that his star running back is out. I'm not so sure that that part of the integrity is going to be welcomed with open arms, not just at Iowa State, but across college football for the most part, Dylan. Right, Tim. I think that's a really good point. And you talk about teams like the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick who puts everybody on those. Um, in non-participation list or injury report list, and, and then the guys end up playing. There's a lot of nuance to all of this that I think is really going to have to be discussed at length because you can't. there's got to be some sort of um, consistency with all of it or transparency. So I, I don't really know how it's going to go down, and I think that's what's going to make it kind of interesting. There's states really kind of on the cusp right now with Nevada obviously being there and New Jersey and Delaware, places like that, that are going to be in the next few that probably haven't legalized, and they might have uh, already had legislation kind of on the table for whenever this happened. But Iowa, it sounds like, is kind of in that next crop after that of, of states that could see this mm-hmm. happen. So it'll be interesting how quick that goes along. Uh, Steve Prom apparently's uh, come out and uh, trying to. Uh, help the student-athletes out when it comes to travel and family travel. It's something that's certainly long overdue. You know, the kids that want to go home for Christmas or want to get their parents to, you know, that, that can't afford a plane ticket to come and watch them play or to follow them to tournaments, etc. Uh, how open was Prome to doing that? seems like this is something he would really like to see happen. Yeah, that was kind of his idea because when you talk about sports gambling, a natural next step or next conversation is, does this lead into paying athletes and having some sort of salary-type deal for, for men's basketball players or football players or student-athletes? And he said, um, you know, obviously he wants to see them, you know, reap the benefits as much as possible, but instead of having some sort of salary for the players, he's the burden a little bit on them and their families by uh, allowing them to go home more easily, helping out with flights for family members come to games and things like that. And, 
I think that makes sense because uh, you know it, it's tough for those guys to get away there. It's, it's pretty much around the year, around the clock, around the year uh, type of deal where they're always involved in it some way. So it's to ease the burden a little bit and and have those guys be able to go home, uh, you know, on the school time or, or at least have them assist with I think it's a big deal because um, you know I remember Paul Rhodes used to advocate for stuff like that when um, you know guys would come on official visits and they could only bring one family member or whatever the case was uh, that really it, it, those are big decisions to have to make on your own and so the new NCAA legislation allowed uh, you know guys families to come on an official visit so I think it makes sense to you know when the student athlete is on site on campus to have their families be able to come more easily or for them to be able to go home more easily. No other conversation piece that came up with you, Dylan, and uh, Jamie Pollard was looking forward to in football scheduling. Sounds like things are set through 2024. Ohio, not state, the Bobcats, Louisiana Monroe, Arkansas State. That UNLV one jumped out to me. Are they going back out to Vegas, or is it just the Rebels coming to Ames? Yeah, it sounds like that's a home-and-home, home. so they, they're not buying out of that contract from, from the south of it. Those are allowed to... Um, Las Vegas and play that game there. I, I can't remember off the top of my head which year it is, but uh, they'll do a home and home with them. Um, Ohio might just be a home. Arkansas State, I'm sure, is just a home. Um, and then Jamie said that uh, they're kind of at that time where they need to start looking even beyond that. They usually like to stay about five or six years out in their scheduling, and that's really handled kind of by the athletic department, not necessarily, not necessarily with the coaching staff. Um, just because uh, they're kind of uh, bogged down with the state of stuff. They don't really look out at scheduling, so that's kind of the athletic department's responsibility. So Jamie said it's coming around now where they'll have to start looking at opponents for 2025 and beyond. But right now, uh, Arkansas State, UNLV, uh, Ohio, um, those in Akron this year, those are teams that, that are going to be coming up here. Uh, Dylan Mods from the Ames Tribune is our guest. Uh, anything else from uh, Coach Prohm in, uh, in uh, relationship to his roster? Yeah, it sounds like uh, Linda Wigginson is still going through his workouts and there's no definitive uh, you know, timetable necessarily other than the, the deadline of, of when he's going to announce when he's coming back. He's just still kind of playing out the process. So um, they're moving forward in, in recruiting, and I think uh, you know they're looking at, obviously, guys right now in, in the anticipation Maybe that he doesn't come back, although I think that's something too. But they're also kind of uh, looking at the year after, if he does leave uh, a year later, um, they're kind of looking at some guard spots to fill that. So and I think right now that's kind of where the roster's set up. It's just kind of waiting to see what Lindell does, but I think all indications are that he'll, he'll come back. And it's, they're just kind of uh, looking a couple years off to see the possibilities for what could happen. You know, Coach Prome, as the losing streak uh, built there at the end of the season, I mean, I'd never seen him during his tenure in Ames as dejected and down as he was. Renewed hope, renewed optimism in the offseason. I'm going to guess a lot more upbeat than uh, what we saw at the end of last year. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, he's a competitive guy, obviously, and I think um, the losing takes a toll on anybody. So uh, to kind of get out of that season, to to kind of clear your mind a little bit and to, to kind of start anew is, is a, a nice thing for him, I know, and you can kind of get re-energized that way. So I think that's kind of what he's experiencing now. I know he's looking forward to, to kind of getting the guys back together in the summer and, uh, and really kind of assessing what this roster is and obviously getting guys like Mayo Sayak and, um, and Michael Jacobson into the fold. It, it, it 
certainly increases your talent level, but um, it's going to be another interesting year because they kind of have to move those pieces again to, to kind of get a coherent and, and um, roster with chemistry. It'll be interesting, but I think uh, really kind of uh, running the Zendai's play last year and, and growing even through the losses, um, it, it certainly helps as they kind of go into the summer and I know they're ready to turn the page and kind of build on on uh, what I know they, they want to see as, uh, you know, not a forgettable year, but one that they can learn from. One more for me, Dylan. I'll let Ken finish up with you here. Uh, there's talk of the new uniform. Last year, they tried the alternate uniform that looked like a bugle uh, for the game against Texas on Thursday night on ESPN. I'm going to guess black is going to be a part of it. Is that a good guess with, with the love of affinity that Matt Campbell has for the black uh, uniforms? Yeah, I think that'll be some sort of component there. Um, you know, every time Matt Campbell seems like he's wearing a, a black polo, and yeah, you know, it's just it's part of it's black hat. It's just kind of part of um, what he likes. So I think yeah, that will be a component, and that's not they're going to go away from the traditional look. I think there will obviously be a heavy part in that, but kind of all alternate uniforms, I think, is kind of a new deal. It separates yourself a little bit and, and, and makes you stand out. Uh, the black is always a sharp color, so I think uh, it, it sounds like the next month or so uh, we could start to see those. I think um, you know the, uh, Nike has to finish up a few things. Before, I don't know if it's, it's as far as the design or, or just kind of um, putting the finishing touches on a few things, but I, this, it sounds like sometime this summer uh, we'll actually see what those look like. And um, you know, I, I don't know how I'll, how often they'll be used uh, during the season, but they'll certainly be in the rotation. Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, Amestrip.com. Dylan, we have 45 seconds left. I, I, Iowa controls, or Iowa's television partners control the kickoff time for the Cyhawk. Any rumors floated around yesterday when the in-state battle bill will be waged uh, regarding kickoff time? Uh, I haven't heard anything specifically. It, it seems like it's always early in the day, but uh, a couple years ago at Kinnick, I think it was a night kickoff, and, and those are always fun. Um, you know, as far as where it can actually be, I'm not really sure, but uh, you know, there's always kind of a certain, um, it, it's cool to see that game at night. Obviously, um, you know, there's been some pretty good games during the day, but uh, the, the night atmosphere really adds something to it, I think. Preaching to the choir. Thank you, Dylan Moss. We'll catch up with you next week or as the need uh, arises. Thanks, Dylan. Thank you, guys. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you. Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, AmesTrip.com. Travis Hines, Dylan Montz, the entire staff over there. Uh, he joins us on the Dr. Stephen Fuller uh, Fuller Family Dentistry Hotline. Speaking of Dr. Fuller, it's time for the Hawkeye Swarm. Every Tuesday to end the show with Trent and I. Uh, and then on Friday, uh, you will get back on your program. But today you're talking QBs with Doc? Quarterbacks, yeah. The conversation piece today. Great Hawkeye quarterbacks. Now, recently is... More in my wheelhouse, but there are some good old school ones. Kenny Plain? Kenny Plain, there's a name. Randy Duncan, that's a very good one as well. So, yeah, in between the Chucks, Chuck Long, Mm, Chuck Hartley, Hartley, got to go down that road. You know, the 70s were kind of a dead period. You don't hear much. I'll take your word for it. You don't hear (laughs) much conversation. That's true. You either go real old, you go back to the 50s and a little bit into the 60s. And then you get into the 80s and the yeah. 90s and the aughts. You know who one of my favorite quarterbacks was as a person? And I liked this game, too. And it was just around the beginning of the message board era. And I couldn't believe how hard Hawkeye fans were. Because this was all new to everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. 
the Kyle McCann era. Oh, you're a, you were a McCann. I was guy. a McCann fan. I always liked Kyle McCann. I'm so glad that the Alamo Bowl ended the mm-hmm. way it did for him. Let's get to it. Without further ado, here's this week's Hawkeye Swarm with Dr. Fuller and Trent. The Hawkeye Swarm on 1700 KBGG. Trent Connett with you, and as always, Dr. Stephen Fuller joining us here, taking a look back at some of the great seasons in Hawkeye history, some great moments. And today, Doc, our conversation. Best quarterbacks in Iowa history. This is, uh, we can go a lot of different avenues here. You know, we could split it up into different eras, those kind of things. But, uh, well, from the get-go, you think quarterbacks, where does your mind first go? Well, everybody thinks of Chuck Long. I mean, the Heisman Trophy runner-up, and and uh, he put in uh, four four years, good years at the University of Iowa. Um, and, you know, you've got to... This one's a tough one, in my opinion, uh, because, you know, um, he was just your standard drop back, maybe handoff to uh, running back. He had a great arm. But then you got to think of Chuck Hartlip, yeah. who followed uh, uh, Chuck Long uh, for two years. And um, and he rewrote some of the uh, record books. Granted, Chuck Long, you know, is the uh, all-time uh, yardage holder uh, with over ten thousand yards. And then you got to somewhat think of Brad Banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a one one, one year and, wonder, one, one one and done, and uh, he could do it with his legs. He could do it with his arm, and and uh, you know, so there's so many different dynamics, and they were all successful right. quarterbacks. Well, and you can go back old school. You can talk about Randy Duncan and Kenny Plain. Now, that's before our knowledge base, right? You don't remember those guys, do you, Doc? Uh, just the folklore. Okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm in the same vein. And, and you're sitting around tailgating and an old-timer come up to you. Now, you might think that Ricky Stanzi's good, but you didn't see Kenny Plain. You know, th- things like that. Yeah, and, you know, you throw out Ricky Stanzi, and mm-hmm. you got to put him up there because yeah. – uh, and even Drew Tate. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they performed when they had to perform, and and uh, they all had great successes. and and But, you know – are we looking for a multi-dimensional quarterback? You know, it, it it's hard to say. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to take Chuck Long off the top of the list. So, it is. It is. So we'll, we'll we'll agree that Chuck Long is at the top. Let's take it a step further, though. Then who would you put number two? That's where it gets difficult. That's where it gets difficult. I mean, you know, because uh, how good. A, could Chuck Hartley have been if he wasn't the backup for mm-hmm. two years, I believe, right. uh, with uh, Chuck Long? I mean, because uh, he came, he comes in, I believe, at number two, and he has, uh, uh, if I remember right, four of the five 300-plus yard uh, games and passing in that. So, you know, how productive could he have been uh, if he had been, you know, able to play, you know, if he hadn't been behind Chuck Long. Yeah. And, if he was uh, a couple years younger. Yeah, yeah. you know, so I, I would probably put Chuck Hartlib right up okay. there in the number two slot. For me, so Brad Banks, that 2002 season is one of my all-time favorites. And, and because of that, I understand it was just one year. But for a college quarterback and what he did, taking Iowa to their first Big Ten title in over a decade – the season that they put together. And, and during the Ferentz era, where we really have not seen an offense like that since, and I don't think we'll ever see an offense like that again. It was high-powered. Because of that, Maybe. I might put him second. 
and you wouldn't get an argument from me about that it because so it, it was a fun season <laughs> and you, you you were in your seat until the very end mm-hmm. because uh you know brad banks put on a great show and you know uh it it, it just the offense had a different dimension uh because you didn't know is he going to hand it off mm-hmm. is he going to bootleg it because he could fly if yep. uh he got out there around that end and or he could drop it off and you know he did some great dumps too yeah matt rogers is a guy that maybe is uh a little underrated overall too that's another guy that i'd certainly throw into the mix led iowa to a big 10 title had had another great season before that, so he only had a couple of years as a full time starter there. But but Matt Rogers maybe a, a forgotten Hawkeye quarterback. Oh yeah, I mean you know there's unfortunately there's quite a few of those. Yeah, well, <laughs> forgettable for different reasons. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> and you know you, you got Gordy Bohannon. He was a yeah. one year wonder. Yeah, uh, you know, and his sons have gone on and played uh, basketball around for different uh, universities, Wisconsin and University of Iowa, and that. And and uh, uh, you know, it it who has risen to the top? You know, when the team really needed them. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and you know, sometimes you think of Drew Tate and Rick yes. Stancy. I mean, yeah. you know. Uh, and frustrating moments with both those guys. Oh yeah, well you know there's many a bald moment. Yeah, and uh, but uh, y- you know was it uh, Ricky Stanzi? Basically uh, the one year where we lost, if I remember correct, uh, or was it Drew Tate that we lost? All basically we, our backfield was decimated, and we had to rely on him. That was Drew Tate in uh, 04. Uh, uh, Drew Tate in 04. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I I thought I was correct. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, you know, and how can you not put him somewhere up in that list just because he carried the team mm-hmm. and uh, he had to? I mean, you know, uh, so, it, you know, it's not a cut and dry who's the best quarterback. Hawkeye quarterbacks. If you got a Hawkeye quarterback, greats, guys that we missed, maybe misranked, uh, you can hit us up. You can find Dr. Fuller on Twitter at Hawkeye Swarm. You can find me at Trent And Hawkeye Swarm this week, great Hawkeye quarterbacks. It's presented by Dr. Stephen Fuller and the Fuller Family, family Dentistry. Two locations in Des Moines, East 29th Street, and in Altoona, 8th Street Southwest. Fuller Family Dentistry. Doc, we'll do it again next week. Thanks for your time. All right. We'll see you next week. All right, Trent. Nice job. You and uh, Dr. Fuller, the Hawkeye Swarm again. The Hawkeye Swarm coming in August at a yet-to-be-determined date. We should be able to finalize that here hopefully in the next couple of weeks is the Iowa Mission of Mercy. Uh, that's the what we told you about before. All of those dentists from across the state of Iowa coming together on one weekend to provide free dental care. Last year it was in Cedar Rapids. This year the event has moved across the state. They'll do so this year in uh, Sioux City. Just a remarkable event. And thank you to Dr. Fuller for uh, the Hawkeye Swarm as well as sponsoring the hotline. All right, so he did quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've told you before, Kenny Plain was my first <laughs> hero, my first sports hero. You're Canadian. Um, yeah, and just because yeah. I, I think I've said mentioned this in the past too, that my dad would show me in the newspaper. Yeah. That's our name, and that's how I learned to read. I right. mean, first name, first word that I learned to read was uh, my name, and did so via former Hawkeye Rose Bowl MVP Kenny Plain. Uh, but yeah, nice job. Uh, the recency, who's yours recently? It's still Brad Banks because of the second that, that, overall Heisman. That and season was so much. It's fun. unbelievable, and you were there yes. for the Orange Bowl. I was there. 
as a 22-year-old right. drunk moron right. <laughs> had a lot of beer. Remember the opening kickoff? Had to go back and watch well, it. Well, you know what? That was probably, if you're going to have one memory on yes, it, that's not yes. a bad one to, to, to keep. It was, uh, that hangover lasted a long time, even as a 22-year-old. I bet it did. For more reasons than one. It yeah. was, uh, but that's the, it was, it was just so much fun. It was so unexpected. Mm-hmm. That was a lot more fun even than the 12-0 and 0 year. Now, the 12-0 and 0 year was skin of the teeth. It's had, yeah, boy, I, there were a lot of close wins. The margin yeah. for error was so slim that year. I get what you're saying. And you're not going to ever convince me otherwise. If Iowa and Ohio State played in a Big Ten championship game that year, mm-hmm. I think Iowa would have throttled them. In 0-2 not, you're talking Not about. just beat them, mm-hmm. throttled them. The way they were playing at the end of the season mm-hmm. and how Ohio State was struggling. Now, of course, they went on to beat the unbeatable Miami team that many people thought from that year. But at that time, a big championship, right? I think yeah, it did go to overtime. Yeah, in Phoenix, I think it was twenty three sixteen, something like yeah, that. Something like that. Craig Krenzel, national title winning yeah. quarterback, Jeez. with Maurice Claret. I think Iowa would have throttled that team, but we will never know. You will never know, indeed, Trent Connor. What do you and Jimmy B have cooking up today? Oh, we're going to talk a little Cyclones today. Alex Halstead will be stopping by. NBA talk with John Cannon, and of course, a lot more on sports wagering. The layer after layer after layer. It's a great topic, Trent. I'm so glad this one fell into our laps. It's a perfect May talker, May, June, or July, quite frankly. But <laughs> uh, but here it is, and there are so many things remaining to be uh, um, peeled back. We're going to squeeze a lot of juice out of this one. Why wouldn't we? We won't be alone, I'm assuming. No, not at all. Uh, we will be back tomorrow at noon. Tomorrow's Wednesday. The Cubs are on the road right in Atlanta. So that means the Cappy will be here. Uh, the Catman stops by at about 12.20. Jimmy B and TC get you home. Trent and I are here every Monday through Friday from noon until 2, talking sports with you on 1700 KBGG.